Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, you can also listen live across the Faith Radio Network Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern for the entire hour. And if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, Dr. Johnston. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, well, since you guys are Christian thinkers... Sorry, I just want to leave that question. I wanted to get your input on that. Sure, appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. That's my question. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. And welcome to the show, friends. This is Jeremiah Johnston. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us for another edition of a program that is dedicated to helping you own your faith, live your faith, have answers for your faith, because there's nothing more exciting and invigorating in our walk with Jesus than being able to love God with our heart, soul, and mind. This is, after all, the greatest commandment, according to the very lips of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Friends, I want to thank you so much for your prayers for Christian Thinkers Society. Um, And, of course, just one of the five principal missions that we're committed to, this is one, our radio media outreach. But there's four other very important things that we're engaged with on a weekly and a daily basis. And I hear from so many of you who are emailing, texting, sending messages through on social media, and you are praying for our ministry. We are, after all, a nonprofit ministry. The mission of Christian Thinkers Society is dedicating to helping every single Christian love God with their heart, soul, and mind, or a short way of saying it, helping Christians become thinkers and helping thinkers become Christian. That is the mission that we are dedicated to. Friends, I want to encourage you also with a thought right as we begin the broadcast this morning, because I have a very special friend joining me in studio right here in Houston, Texas today. I want to pray that you are always faithful with the relationships that God brings in your direction, because you never know what God has planned with those relationships. You know, we're so busy in the midst of our daily lives sometimes, and we get so cloistered, I might add, in our just general comfort zones that I think it's hard to see sometimes, I don't know about you, the forest from the trees when God is bringing a new relationship, a new friendship, a new resource in your life. And uh, six or seven years ago, Audrey and I found ourselves living in Nashville, Tennessee, and through a friend of a friend of a friend, I ended up at the garage coffee shop. Now, friends, great things happen at coffee shops, and all God's people said amen. And I met this new friend named Philip Nation, who at that time was the adult publishing director for Lifeway Christian Resources, the largest Christian publisher in the world, and I was just meeting him for coffee. I wanted to get to know him. I had no agenda other than I'd heard great things about his life, his ministry, his preaching, his teaching, his leadership. I just wanted to get to know him and and see what could happen. Well, Philip Nation has become one of my dearest friends, and God has him on just this amazing trajectory in his ministry life. He's now doing things internationally for the kingdom that we're going to talk about. But as a result of that garage coffee shop meeting, not only did Philip and I become friends, 
not only have I been blessed to have a prayer partner and a great brother in Christ, but the unanswered book, Bible study, and video series literally came out of that one meeting in the garage coffee shop. So do you see why you need to be faithful with friendships that come into your life, relationships? I personally believe that the world moves at the speed of relationships. And so ask God to help you to be more faithful with every relationship he brings in your path. And of course, if you're married, there's no relationship of more consequence than your marriage. If you're a parent or a surrogate parent, there's no no relationship more important than that relationship you have with your child or that, that person that you're a surrogate parent to. So just ask God to help you to be faithful. I'm so grateful that, I mean, I don't know what I had going on that week. I'm sure it was busy that I went to the garage coffee shop and I had no idea what God had planned for that one encounter. And so, friends, you're going to enjoy this conversation today. I'm talking with Dr. Philip Nation. He's right here in studio with me in Houston, Texas. And again, don't forget, you can submit your questions to be aired on this program at any time at askjjj.com, askjjj.com. We're going to step away. Thanks for joining us on Faith Radio Network. We're going to be right back in 90 seconds with a great conversation for you today. And welcome back to the program. We're talking spiritual disciplines today. It was something that I think is relevant to every single person listening. So I welcome you back to the program, listening across Faith Radio Network. And friends, uh, I am delighted to have a dear, dear friend of mine um, here in Houston, Texas today. He's here on ministry business, but he's made a stop at our studios. And I have in studio with us right now my dear friend. Uh, he is the director of global church engagement for the Baptist World Alliance. Uh, he's a well-known author, speaker, guy on social media. Every one of you are going to love to connect with. Uh, but he's been a dear friend of mine for years now. Of course, I'm talking about Dr. Philip Nation. Dr. Nation, it's so great to have you in studio today. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure. I've been looking forward to the opportunity to be on the air with you. Well, and you're going to be on again and again. So this is just the first of what I hope will be many conversations. I have a stack of books that you've authored on my desk, um, but I'm I'm starting with a book that I was really privileged actually to receive an advanced reader copy. And I'm talking, friends, about Habits for Our Holiness both the trade book published by Moody Publishers, but then there's a corresponding Lifeway Leader Kit Bible Study, Pursuing Holiness, which is actually applications from the book of James, which is really powerful. And I should also mention that Philip and I have been colleagues together in the past at Houston Baptist University, a great Division I university where we've had the privilege to teach and give leadership. Um, so we've intersected at all kinds of levels, but actually before that in your previous role at Lifeway Christian Resources. And so, Philip, I want to dive right in with Habits for Our Holiness because this is a book that is life-changing. But I want to begin right now with this, this term spiritual discipline. Some in our audience, and we really have two audiences. We have those that listen across the live network on Faith Radio, both in the central and eastern time zone. But we have thousands who don't have a terrestrial station, but they're listening either on the Faith Radio app right now or they're listening on demand from the podcast on any of those forms. So start right at the beginning. What, is, what does it mean, spiritual disciplines, for someone who perhaps has never heard that term before? Well, it's actually a really fantastic question that many people just hopscotch over and they, they launch right into what are the practices rather than asking this critical question. 
Uh, for believers, we all have these practices in our lives. And so the, the very term, spiritual discipline, it does encompass these two parts of our identity in Christ. These are practices that help us to express the love of Christ. They are spiritual in nature. So these are not just pragmatic. Mm. This is not just about behavior modification, act ba better so that God will love you. But rather, this is your expression of your love for Christ and enjoying the love of Christ. But then the other part of this phrase is discipline. Because these are activities that require a certain amount of effort on our part. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the great authors in this arena as well has said that God is opposed uh, to earning but not opposed to effort. When it comes to grace, we That's are good. given it so freely. But once we have inherited our salvation, now it's time, as Paul says, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So the spiritual disciplines are the way that we express our love for Christ through certain activities that will help to grow our faith, but they're also the environment where we're going to experience the love from Christ as he is shaping our character to look more like him as we find our identity in Jesus. I want to ask you something. Um, as someone who has worked in this space, you lived it, you live it by example, but you've, you've, you, you provide great resources for the church. Um, when I was serving on faculty in Canada, I'll never forget meeting with a gentleman who would go on these spiritual retreats. And he would go on these silent spiritual retreats where it's just him and God. And, you know, some people, they're never silent. They Correct. never, I mean, things are always buzzing and going off and we just live in that constant motion. So to somewhat, to hear that somebody went and did this, uh, to some was like, wow, is he a monk? No, he was a very successful businessman. He was the chair of the board of the university where I was teaching at. And I'll never forget, he came home from one of the retreats. He said, you know, Jeremiah, holiness is hard. Mm. What, what did he mean? Like, can you just pick that up for like what holiness <laughs> can be hard? Well, holiness is hard because we are called to live a countercultural lifestyle. And so it's hard in the sense that everything about your flesh and everything in our environment of the world and our adversary himself are all trying to draw you away from what holiness is. Your friend had a great insight when he said holiness is hard because he understood that holiness is so much more than just the ethical choices mm. that we make day by day. Don't you find that to be true, Jeremiah, that so many people, that they, they take the, the concept of holiness and they paint it into the corner of just being their ethical choices for the yeah. day? But instead, when we look at the biblical panorama from Genesis to Revelation about how God is shaping a people to be his own, Holiness is inclusive of the idea of the ethical and moral choices that I'll make today, but it has a broader meaning of having your life set completely and, co and totally aside for the purposes of God. Hmm. This is why Jesus says that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, I do think that there is a right way to expositorily teach that and exegetically pull it apart, those four concepts. But there's also a beautiful way just to look at it and say Jesus is calling us to love him with the totality of our lives. And that's what holiness is. Holiness is hard because it requires 
all of you. Mm. Friends, if you're just joining us across Faith Radio Network, my guest is good friend Philip Nation. I want to encourage you to connect with him on social media at Philip. And again, friends, that's P-H-I-L-1-L-I-P and then Nation at Philip Nation on Twitter. Um, and connect with him as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about his global role with the Baptist World Alliance here in a little bit. But I want to say in this theme, we've been talking about it for, at the 40,000 square foot level. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit more specifically did Jesus have spiritual disciplines? Was this important in Jesus' life? Was holiness important to him? Oh, absolutely. I think from from the larger issue, we see Jesus from the very beginning. He has set himself aside for the Father's business. Uh, from the, the one childhood uh, example that we have uh, where he disappeared from his parents, from the caravan as they were traveling, all the way through to uh, the places where Jesus would retreat from the the crowds in order to spend time with the father to what we see in John 17 of the high priestly prayer and even that submissive moment in the garden of Gethsemane where he sweats drops of blood these are all indicative of some of the typical spiritual disciplines we think of but then there are also those spiritual disciplines of service and of submission and of leadership and certainly of disciple making we're talking about the book Habits for Our Holiness, authored by Philip Nation, with a corresponding Bible study we'll talk about in the next segment. But what are the habits of holiness? I mean, you, you have phenomenally 12 chapters. What I love about this book, friends, it's a book where you can read it, uh, but you, there are immediate steps throughout the book that you can employ into your spiritual life to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. As Philip said, the scripture says, Paul said in Second Timothy, that we're to do our best to present ourselves to God. And I love this. I love what the quote you just mentioned, uh, because I have to ask myself when I read that, am I doing my best? Am I doing my best at every moment? So what are the habits of our holiness? Walk us through some of them, Dr. Yeah. Nation. I, well, I would say that the, the, that the foundational habits of our holiness are Bible study, prayer, and worship. Uh, much of what I would say about the rest of the spiritual disciplines build out of those three. And, and part of the reason that I wrote this particular book is because I wanted people to see that the spiritual disciplines are both uh, for you and the community of faith. So we're not to be solitary mm. uh, in practicing these and that they should drive us as individuals and as congregations out into the mission of God. So Bible study, prayer and worship are those foundational three. But then, uh, and depending on who you read, and I appreciate the fact that you've read my book on this mm -hmm. particular subject, there's a varied list uh, depending on who you read as to what is inclusive of the spiritual disciplines. But within this particular book, I've added in those disciplines of serving one another, of silence and solitude, mm -hmm. uh, of slowing down, which is perhaps one of the most difficult ones oh. that we practice, the practice of rest and Sabbath. But then I do think that I would add in the disciplines of spiritual leadership and of disciple-making. Those are two that generally don't make the list with many other of the authors in these fields. But I think that, it is, that they are perfectly in line with what a spiritual discipline is. And so taking it a step further for the Christian leaders who are listening, um, there is this tendency that we we believe that our work for God is our worship of God. And can you just challenge those that are listening and who are in Christian leadership how we can keep the spiritual well fresh? Yes. Well, and I, uh, just like you, Jeremiah, I resonate with that life because it's what I've been doing for all of my adult life. 
I had the the beautiful privilege of preaching my first sermon when I was 16 years old. Mm. I still have the cassette tape of it. I don't have a cassette tape player. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need to find an antique shop for that. And all the way through my adult life, I have worked as a pastor, as a church planter, an education minister, as you mentioned earlier in Christian publishing, and now in this role with the BWA. And I want to say to to Christian leaders, you you have to guard against just allowing your work in the church to substitute for your worship in private. Mm. Uh, there is a place where, especially if you're a senior pastor, your study for your Sunday sermons will overlap with your private devotions. Sure. That's going to be the case so often. But you have to discipline yourself to find those moments on a daily basis where you are enjoying and experiencing the love of Christ simply for the love of Christ and not for the strategy or the calendar or everything that is yearning for your attention in the system of a congregation. And again, friends, the book we're talking about is Habits for Our Holiness. What I appreciated about the book was there are guardrails to holiness, but it, it's not one size fits all, is it? So no. can you just discuss that? Because, for example, I'll use my family. My wife is an Uber driver for our children. We have five kids. She ch- we're changing mainly her, but we, I can say, 700 diapers a month. I mean, so life is nonstop. The, the royal we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so spiritual disciplines may look different for someone who can identify the busy moms out there or the busy dads who are stay-at-home dads doing things. Um, oh. It might look differently for a pastor. I mean, can you discuss what are the guardrails versus it might look differently for someone and they shouldn't be discouraged if they don't, they're not able to go do that silent retreat at, in Moncton <laughs> you know, for the weekend, you know? Well, that's exactly right. And uh, and let me just say, if I was to pick up on one of the core uh, spiritual disciplines of Bible study, people's discipline of Bible study is going to look different from a busy mom who's got five kids mm-hmm. to a retiree who has got a lot of space in their life. And that's where grace comes in. Uh, God desires for you to experience his presence all throughout the day. So if you can just leave your Bible open and just catch a glimpse of it as you go through the day, Mm -hmm. then do so. And then find those quiet moments just to rest in him. Or if you have and God has blessed you with an hour to sit down and to deeply study a particular psalm, then do that. But give yourself grace because God already has. So great. We're talking with Dr. Nation. We've got to step away for a 90-second break. We'll be back continuing this fantastic discussion about spiritual disciplines and how we can pursue holiness in our life. We'll be right back with you. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show, friends. I have joining us in studio today in Houston, Texas, my good friend, Dr. Philip Nation, who is the Global Director of Church Engagement and and advancement with the Baptist World Alliance. He's also a dear friend of many years. Uh, Dr. Nation is a church planter. He's, a, he's been a senior pastor. Uh, he's a well-known author, a contributor not just to his own books, but to Bibles and Bible study materials, church curriculum, church growth guru. I want to encourage you to connect with him on Twitter, at Philip Nation. You can find him there. He's got a great blog and website as well. Um, I, we're talking about his excellent book published by Moody Publishers, Habits for Our Holiness. And friends, um, full disclosure, I received an advanced copy of this book. I really love it. Um, Philip, something in my life that my spiritual mentor, my dad, uh, developed was studying spiritual disciplines from other individuals. And something we did in leadership, anytime Audrey and I have hired people in the past, we have a question that 
I became aware of it doesn't actually get asked that much in a ministry context, and it might shock someone like you who writes on these themes, but I remember interviewing people, and these are for full-time ministry jobs. I want to emphasize that, friends, not like a mechanic or anything. Not that that's the, So these are people that, I mean, I feel like they should be prepared for this question. That's right. my point in saying that. <laughs> um, I Like, pretend I was interviewing you right now. Well, Philip, that's so great. Tell me about your personal devotional life. Yes. And I have gotten like a deer in the headlights look, a, well, what do you mean by that? I I don't know if I'm comfortable answering that. And like I could drone on and on and on about the goods and the interesting things and the experiences that I've had. Why is that a difficult question for some to answer and why should it not be? Well, I think it's a difficult question for people to answer because they don't have a good answer for it. Uh, We have people even in leadership that's why we see sometimes a crisis of leadership within the church is people are leading on empty they have decided that they can go through the motions that they can put together the right programming structure they're a whiz at strategy and maybe even marshalling the the human resource forces of the church into volunteerism but then on the personal side they're dry and dusty Mm. Uh, they're doing it uh, out of proper motivation of they want to see the church grow in its largesse, but they're not deepening their own lives. So they're going to reach a tipping point where the church has outpaced their spiritual ability to lead it. Whereas we should be comfortable because the spiritual disciplines that are expressed in our devotional life is simply all around the very central discipline of the church uh, of our lives, which is to love Christ. Mm -hmm. If you boil all the spiritual disciplines down, that's what it comes down to. Not are you great at uh, Bible trivia? Yeah. Not do you have more hours of prayer logged in than your neighbor? Not is it that you actually fast, whereas it's something we talk about, but boy, we like to worship at the Temple of the Golden Arches instead. <laughs> but is your love for Christ deepening, and are you experiencing the love of Christ on a personal level in a regular kind of devotion uh, with him daily, weekly, monthly, yearly? Talk about that passage, Dr. Nation, and 1 John. These commands are not burdensome. Yes. It does sound like spiritual disciplines are going to be a heavy weight that you're going to carry, uh, that you're going to labor underneath them. It's going to be something that you're going to have to go out to a cave or you're going to have to sit by a babbling brook. Or there are these (laughs) stories from history of monks who sat on top of poles. Fought demons. Exactly. And, And yet the commands of Christ are not burdensome because... Jesus told us during his earthly ministry that we were going to be yoked up beside him. Now, as a city boy, I had to figure out what a yoke was. You know, that large crossbeam that went uh, across the shoulders of two oxen that were pulling a sled or a a plow or a cart. And and so they're not burdensome because Jesus is pulling the weight and we're walking with him. They're They're not burdensome because... In them, in the discipline of our lives, of bringing them under the power of Christ, we get to grow up underneath it. And so it's not burdensome in that Jesus leaves us to our own devices to get them done, but that he has indwelt us with his spirit so that we can enjoy the purging work that he does in us as we repent from sin and the formative work that he does in us as we grow in mercy and grace. So powerful. Friends, again, our, our guest is Dr. Philip Nation. Connect with him on social media at Philip Nation. Uh, Dr. Nation, I want to ask you a question. What 
my question for you is for our audience, because I love the practical application. You have such a gift with application, both in your preaching and in your books, plural. What are three questions our audience should ask themselves right now mm. as it relates to their own life and pursuing holiness, spiritual disciplines? So the first question that they should ask is, uh, does my spiritual life look different now than it did six months ago? Uh, don't even trace it back a, a year, three years, five years. Ask yourself in a six-month window, has my spiritual life increased? Because that will give you some markers in between holidays. Mm-hmm. So that those holidays like Easter and like Thanksgiving and Christmas, where oftentimes we raise the bar about our thoughts about spiritual issues, am I learning from these natural rhythms of the year so that I can focus myself more diligently? Second question I would encourage them to ask Mm. is, are there other people that are involved in my spiritual formation and in my spiritual maturity? Because if you try to go it alone, you will be miserable, and most likely you won't go that far. Christ has created us to live in fellowship with one another, and, and part of that is the growth that we are to have as the body of Christ together. So are there people who can speak Uh, realistically, that can speak sympathetically, Mm -hmm. uh, that can speak strongly into Mm -hmm. your life so that you're in in a relationship of mutual discipleship. And then thirdly, I would say, is your spiritual growth mobilizing you into the mission of God? I deeply believe that we grow up so that we can reach out, and if we will reach out, then we will grow up. These are not contrasting ideas, but these are complementary ideas that as our spiritual walk deepens, that our influence in the world among the lost is going to increase. So assess yourself over six months. Ask yourself, do I have other people that are traveling with me that we're learning from one another? And are these disciplines mobilizing me into the mission of God? Three great questions. Is my spiritual life different than six months ago? Are other people involved, and is my spiritual are my spiritual gifts mobilizing me, activating me in the mission of God? Absolutely. So, for those who feel like they may have just not passed your three question <laughs> test, what can they do right now? Well, the thing that they can do right now is I would say dig into the primary three spiritual disciplines and take a look at those first. Where's my prayer life? Where's my study of God's word? Where's my engagement in worship? Not just are you attending worship mm-hmm. and mimicking the, the, the lyrics of the hymns or the contemporary songs, but are you actually in, are you anticipating the moment where you and the body of Christ are going to worship together? And are you carrying a spirit of worship with you into work and into your parenting and into your relationship with your spouse? And so dig into those three primary disciplines and and assess yourself according to them the way that you're going to have to do that is with the second question if you feel like you didn't pass muster then it's time to go get some really serious friends that also want to grow that they want to take the next steps in their spiritual life or you need to go find that one older believer that you Mm -hmm. just absolutely trust and ask them will you start spending time with me you will be blessed and amazed at how quickly they will say yes. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of older Christians that they would love to invest in someone who is less mature. 
And so all you have to do is ask, hey, can we just have coffee once a week? Hey, can we get together for a, a cookout? Can, can I just come over to your house before I go to work and we pray for 10 minutes? And allow another person to pour into your life. And then look around and say, Lord, can you help me see if there's fruit or not? Because mm-hmm. in John 15, Jesus said that if we will remain in him, we will have fruit. Then he said we will have much fruit. And then he said we will have fruit that lasts. And so ask yourself and ask the Spirit to show you where is the fruit happening in my life. And if it's not, then ask the Spirit to begin producing it through you as you submit to him. In chapter 4, you talk about the great conversation, Philip, the practice of prayer. Yes. And when you say we should immediately then go back to the big three, prayer, Bible study, worship, some do not know how to have a private prayer life. And I say this as having an informed opinion. I receive now hundreds of questions every week based on this broadcast. Right. Hundreds. Um, and so many people don't know where to start. I mentioned recently in another program about just important resources, Bible handbooks. to have. It, it, this is news to many Christians. What exactly. is that? How do I do that? So encourage people, what does a prayer, private prayer life look like? Because some that is just an intimidating thought. It is. And as someone who has served as a pastor for many years, I know that we as pastors are guilty of um, of kind of the finger-wagging statement from the pulpit of saying, all of you people need to study your Bible more and you need to pray more. And then we never give them the tools as to actually how to do that. That's why I wrote the book. Yeah. So I would encourage folks to take a look into that chapter because it will give you some practical steps. But let me quickly say that if you just don't know how to pray, then I would say start with the Scriptures and pray the Scriptures. That's Go good. to something that is familiar like the 23rd Psalm. And with every phrase, say it to the Lord, pause, build it out as to how that applies to your life at the moment and the needs that you have out of that. So pray the scripture. Secondly, keep a prayer journal where you are praying Mm -hmm. for friends, for yourself, for your enemies, and for opportunities of ministry. And ask the Lord to fill out those lists of people and those those opportunities so that you are being intentional with your prayer life and then i would also add in here when it comes to your prayer life paul says in first thessalonians that we are to pray without ceasing i do think that there is a healthy practice where we are supposed to have a pointed moment of prayer in our day where there's nothing else that's going to interrupt that but then there should just be a ongoing conversation in our Mm -hmm. minds and in our hearts with God throughout the day. Mm-hmm. This is a place where we have the guardrails of grace, mm-hmm. where we should pray specifically and pointedly and at a time in our day, but we have this grace that we can pray at any time. So for those that feel like they're a novice, the best way to learn how to pray is just start praying. And and remember that the scripture tells us that the spirit makes up uh, and he intercedes for us with groanings that we cannot even understand. Friends, it's so powerful, and when we come back, I want to talk about prayer in the family, prayer between marriages, mm-hmm. and perhaps for the single person, the importance of finding a prayer companion. Yes. There's nothing greater than coming together, because Jesus said, friends, where two or three are gathered in my name, there you can find me in their midst. I'm talking with Dr. Philip Nation. We're discussing spiritual disciplines. The time is flying by. We've got to step away for a 90-second break. We'll be back. 
discussing habits for our holiness and the other exciting work that Dr. Nation is involved with, as well as taking your questions at askjjj.com. Stay with us. Welcome back to the program, friends. Thanks for all of you joining us today across Faith Radio Network. And again, this is Jeremiah, and I am joined today in studio by Dr. Philip Nation. We've been discussing his book, Habits for Our Holiness, uh, but not long after he produced a second work called Pursuing Holiness, this in a Bible study format, uh, Applications from the Book of James, published by Lifeway Christian Resources. This is an excellent video-driven, six-session Bible study book. I want to encourage you to check it out again. It's called Pursuing Holiness, and it's the perfect segue And uh, because we've been, ta- we've been discussing prayer, Dr. Nation. Um, Audrey and I uh, have been together now since 2001, and the very first time we went out on a date, I looked at Audrey on the way home, and I said, well, why don't we pray together? And this has been a linchpin in our relationship. Now, back then, Audrey was like, well, you pray audibly, and I'll pray silently, but we'll still pray together. Right. And we grew from that to where I can honestly tell you, I don't know if I can, in, in I guess close to 20 years now of being a couple, if there's been more than 10 days in our entire 20 years where we've not prayed together at some point. Prayer has now um, changed in our life and become so dominant that often when we have a challenge, we'll just start praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in, a, we're, we're in a situation, we're in a hotel room, we're in our room, we're driving, we just literally, she'll start praying and I'll start praying. And it's like breathing to our marriage. Um, and we've had many mentors. To, when we were in seminary, We'll love this. We were taken to a Starbucks by this great professor of ours, and he said, now, everybody, we're going to sit in the busiest part of Starbucks. And I knew he was up to something. <laughs> and so he like he got us, like, you know, where you you sit next to the long line in Starbucks where right. everybody's just waiting to order and kind of looking around. And he said, okay. And there was about six of us, Audrey and I, the professor, some colleagues and students. This was continuing class. I thought, oh, this will be easy, Starbucks, seminary. But it turned into, he said, now we're going to all pray for each other, and we're going to stare at each other in each other's eyes while we pray. <laughs> now, it's kind of awkward. Like, if I just started praying for you in studio right now to, like, maintain eye contact yes. when I'm praying. But it was this beautiful, beautiful example to us of how you can even pray in Starbucks where people see you having a conversation. They don't realize you're just actually praying together. Exactly. And it was a beautiful sermon and an illustration to us about the power of having prayer together as believers. I know you talk about this in section six of pursuing holiness, but give us some things from your heart about praying as a couple, praying as a family, praying with a prayer partner. Yeah. So my wife, Angie, and I have celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Earlier this year. And and that description that you made of how prayer with Audrey in your life has just become as natural as breathing, which is why I titled the book Habits for Our Holiness, mm-hmm. because we think about habits as the negative things. I have a habit of not exercising. Mm-hmm. I have a habit of laying around. I have a habit of overeating. What if holiness and these spiritual disciplines became habitual to your life, where they were the natural mm-hmm. default? And so in in our lives with Angie and I, we have this similar experience where prayer is not a weird thing that we do. Our two sons, Andrew and Chris, are not put off by times of family prayer. They know that it's a natural part of what we Mm -hmm. do because we've raised them in that environment where prayer is the normal thing that you do. So to our listeners, if you find yourself in a position where you say, well, prayer is kind of like an interrupter 
in our family life because we just don't do it very much. Well, then let that be a signal to you that now, not later, not next month, not when you hit the next holiday, but now would be a wonderful opportunity for you to start thinking about how do we begin rolling prayer into our life. Because having that other person who will vocalize the deep longings of your heart is a beautiful experience. It, mm-hmm. it magnifies your joys. It comforts your sorrows. So I, I can tell you, uh, just very recently, uh, at the time of this recording, our younger son uh, has become engaged to his girlfriend. So Chris, our younger son, and his fiance Jenna. And, and there was this moment that Angie had with Jenna where there was some turmoil in Jenna's life, where it was just, it was troublesome. And so Angie just stopped, and she said, and she looked at Jenna, who uh, has only been in our lives now for about three years, and she said, Jenna, we've shown you and we've told you that there's nothing greater than we have at our disposal than prayer. So I'm going to pray for you right now. And, and in Jenna's life, it was, it was life-altering. Of course. And so it, now we're getting to see this begin to roll into a next generation of mm-hmm. couples in our lives. And I'm so very grateful to have such a godly wife like mm-hmm. Angie, who is just simply unashamed that any moment is the right moment for us to pray together. And let me encourage every man listening who has a wife, mm-hmm. be the leader God wants you to be. Remember, um, you're the pastor of your home. That's exactly right. You can go up to your wife and say, we're going to do something. They might, she might think you've gone nuts. That's okay. And just say, let me pray for you. And you watch your intimacy and your marriage go to an altogether different level when you are willing to pray for your wife. And I want to say a word to especially those husbands out there that, that you would say, I've never done that before, and now I am, I'm scared witless mm-hmm. as to what this looks like. Just get it out of your mind that your prayer with your wife has to sound anything like your pastor's That's prayer right. on a Sunday morning. If this is going to be the first time you ever pray with your wife, then it's okay if it's 20 seconds. That's right. Just take a few moments and bless her in the name of the Lord and thank Christ for his salvation that you've inherited through his work on the cross, and say amen. And just let it build in your life. Do not, do not give in to the temptation that you have to launch into a 15-minute right. Shakespearean-styled <laughs> prayer. Just allow prayer to happen naturally, beautifully, from the overflow and in the needs of your life. It was Charles Spurgeon, one of the great uh, leaders of church history, who said, Asking is the rule of the kingdom. Jesus Mm. expects us to come before him. We're his kids. We're his people. So go before him with with the needs of your family, with the needs of your spouse, with the needs of your kiddos, with the needs that you have at work, and just lay it out before him in as blunt and plain terms as you know how. Leave the flowery language behind and just be you in in front of your father. So good. Again, friends, I want you to connect with Philip as well beyond social media. Check out his website. It's philipnation.net. Some great blog posts, some great stuff where you can continue to hear this excellent content. We've got to go fast now because All right. this program is going way too fast. Quickly, tell us about pursuing holiness. We have many pastors and Christian leaders who would love to do this Bible study in their church or in their Christian community group. Talk about where they can learn more about it. They can learn more about it at lifeway.com. Uh, it is a 
six-session Bible study about the book of James. Uh, each session has an accompanying uh, video, teaching video from me that lasts anywhere from 8 to 11 minutes. So it's a, a great small group Bible study for you to get news groups launched. I want to talk about this exciting new transition in your life because I've known you as Director of Publishing for Lifeway Christian Resources. I've obviously known you in our friendship capacity as colleagues at a Division I university. I've known you as a church planter and pastor, but you have this exciting new role with the Baptist World Alliance that's yes. been covered in several news outlets. Can you talk about what it means to be Director of Advancement and Global Impact Churches for the Baptist World Alliance? Yeah, so the Baptist World Alliance uh, is 114 years old. Uh, uh, it networks 239 conventions and unions across 125 countries and territories in the world. So that's tens of thousands of churches and millions of, of Baptist believers. My role is to help individuals and congregations to invest and engage in the global work of the church. And so I get the great privilege of sitting with pastors and just encouraging them to get involved in fellowship and in unity and then engage their church into the, the common mission that we're all on that the BWA is helping to lead in areas like religious freedom, in theological education across the world, compassion ministries, mm -hmm. and how we get to help other conventions and unions around the world plant more churches and see more people come to faith in Christ. And I know you're new in your role, but what's exciting you about your work, especially with the global church? Because I know you have all kinds of experience uh, nationally and internationally in that realm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it's been a joy for me to be able to travel, and God has graced me with uh, experiences from little villages in Myanmar to preaching in cities like Rio mm -hmm. de Janeiro. And so the thing which excites me the most is that there are pastors out there who have the idea that their church is not big enough or not influential enough. And, and I get to take the message to pastors, uh, and, and just recently I've met with pastors of, of a small church and pastors of a, of a very large megachurch, and I got to take the same message to both of them, that no matter who your church is comprised of, your church is a global sending agency, and your church can have an impact on the globe, on the entire world, if you'll just come into the fellowship and the unity of what we're all doing together. Well, you have our prayers for this exciting new role. Friends, you can check it out on your own on the Internet. I know you've also been places like Cuba, mm -hmm. baptizing believers in Cuba. So exciting. Um, we ask all of our guests, Dr. Nation, what their personal unanswered question is because so much of our content is driven by the audience because I'm talking about the things, the questions they're asking. So what's your unanswered question for God, or perhaps you've already transcended it? If you could ask Jesus anything today, what would it be? If I could ask Jesus anything today, I tell you, um, well, this is a question, quite honestly, Jeremiah, that I've held pretty close to my heart, but I'm going to share it. Please. Um, it, it, it would be uh, why... Uh, why did my mom leave the earth so soon? Hmm. I mean, my question is very much like so many other people's question. It It is in that realm of suffering. Uh, I, my mom was godly, involved in ministry. And watching her uh, fight cancer and move through the process of, hmm. of medical trauma, uh, it was always puzzling to me. And so that will be a question that I have. And I think that even those of us that are leaders within the church, that we need to drop the facade yeah. and be willing to say, you know, uh, the trauma of life touches uh, and cuts deeply. 
And so that will, of course, be a question mm-hmm. that I'll have is, uh, as I look at the world, uh, why her and why at that time? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, maybe just the normative question that a lot of us will ask. But so personal, isn't it? it and is. uh, I deal with this so often because it's a huge question. And as I wrote, it was encouraging to me. It's not original to me, but when we can't trace the hand of God, we can always trust the heart of God in those difficult situations. Philip, thank you for your support of Christian Thinker Society. Absolutely. Thank you for your friendship. This show has gone way too fast. Will you come back and be a regular guest on our program? I would be honored. Uh, you can mark it down on your calendar. All right, friends. So check out Habits for Holiness, published by Moody. Check out Pursuing Holiness. Uh, check out Philip's Amazon page for other Bibles and other great content he's producing. Connect with him on Twitter. I'm going to be back with our final segment. You've been emailing me your questions at askjjj.com. I'll be answering some of those when we come back. Stay with us. Friends, welcome to our final segment. I'm going right to your questions now, submitted through askjjj.com. Joel writes me and says, Dr. Johnston, I just can't seem to know what to do with the sins in my life. I feel like the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, the things that I hate to do, I do, and the things I really want to do, I don't do. Can you help me? Yes, Joel, I can help you with what the scripture has to say that every single follower of Jesus must do the moment that we experience sins in our life. I want to make I want to draw you right now to Joel and everyone listening to us to first John one nine. That's first John chapter one, verse nine. And the scripture says, if we confess our sins, look at the plural right now, sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that word cleanse, Joel, is a really cool word. It's actually the Greek word that we get the word catheter from. Now, if any of you have ever had a catheter, you'll never forget it. What, does, what is the job of a catheter? It's to get the impurity out of your body. That's why people have catheters when they're sick or they're in a hospital or they have some kind of infection to get all of those impurities, all the residual effects of whatever illness that you're facing out of your body. What I love, Joel, about this passage, it says if we confess our sins, God will not only forgive us, he will, and what does that word forgive? Release. He will look at us as if we had never committed the act But make no mistake, Joel, he goes a little bit further. This is why I love the Bible. Isn't the Bible great, by the way? Not only will he forgive us of those sins, he will cleanse us, literally bring a catheter into our spiritual life of all of the other yucky spiritual impurity that may be the residual effect of that sin. And so, Joel, it's a great mark of your Christian life that, A, you're bothered by the unconfessed sin in your life. Friends, if, if unconfessed sin, we've, we've dedicated this entire program with our fr- friend Philip Nation to spiritual disciplines, how we can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. It starts, though, right here with doing what the great preacher from Bellevue Baptist Church said, keeping a short account with God. What does that mean? We should just confess our sins. We should be constantly in the spirit of, Lord, uh, I, I should never have said that to my wife. Or, Father, forgive me, I got angry uh, while I was disciplining my children, or Lord, I should have never said that behind my coworkers' back. Would you just, would you just forgive me? But if your sin is not bothering you right now, 
then I, w- I really want to encourage you, ask God to remind you of the great price that sin cost his son. And it's a great, it's a great reminder to all of us of the assurance of our own salvation. Does our sin bother us? If our sin doesn't bother us, the scripture says we should check to make sure that we're in the faith. So, friends, again, Joel, thank you for this question. You can always find me at askjjj.com. This program on Faith Radio Network is dedicating to answering your difficult questions. That's a question that I've received tenfold, Joel, uh, from many people in some way or another who just want to find answers. So I hope that that answer from the Word of God helps point you in a hopeful direction. Let me encourage you to do a couple of things. Subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnston Show podcast. It's available at at Google Play. It's available at the iTunes Store. And just recently here in Faith Radio Meetings, we've been discussing putting it out on Stitcher and several other Spotify other formats. So be looking for that. Secondly, connect with me online, Jeremiah Johnston. Just go to ChristianThinkers.com. That's ChristianThinkers.com to connect with me on social media. I would love to hear from you and interact with you and have you connect with our ministry. If you'd love to have me come speak or minister in your area, you can again find Find me at ChristianThinkers.com. Friends, this has been a great broadcast. I'm so grateful for Philip Nation. Don't forget to check out his books on Habits for Holiness. I want to do more programs about how we can deepen our walk with Christ. So you can expect more from us right here at the Jeremiah Johnston Show. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you, so if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. You'll also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of The Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do a Google Play RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.